0: Welcome back. This is your go-to podcast for anyone craving fresh ways to apply God's word to your everyday life. So today we're going to see how our ordinary and even messy moments can become platforms for the miraculous with my special guest, Kim Fawn. I'm so excited about our conversation and her story as a brain tumor thriver. Does that already tell you something about her? She is unforgettable. I'm going to introduce her in just a second. If you missed last week's episode, you're going to want to go back and listen to episode 15 with Dr. Angela Thomas. Her candid interview is rich with wisdom and insights from her life experience from bullets to boardroom. If you want to know more about that, you're just going to have to listen yourself. Next week's episode concludes our Hometown Heroes series. I have loved getting to know more about these amazing men and women that are doing great things for the kingdom of God, and they're right here in my own backyard. So in episode 17, I will sit down with WPR host, Teresa Mills, to talk about her radio ministry and life after losing her husband, John. She's a powerful speaker, and you are not going to want to miss her. If you'd like to sponsor an episode, reach out to me at Angeladenadio.com and we would love to have you but I know right now you just want to meet Kim. So let me get to introducing her. I'm so honored to host Brain Tumor Thriver and founder and designer of Beaded Miracles Kim Bon. Kim is the wife to Nick for 16 years and mama to Ava 14 and Leah 10. She was born and raised a New Yorker who moved to the South almost 20 years ago. She started stringing beads as a form of occupational therapy after having brain surgery. To remove a large tumor that was strangling around her carotid artery and her optical nerves. She bravely shares through all the ups and downs, struggles and disappointments. God never left my side. He put a new song in my heart and created a ministry using beautiful beads as a reminder of his promises. You can browse her work in her inventory on Instagram at Beaded Miracles, and I'm gonna put her links and everything that so you can connect with her and purchase her amazing necklaces and bracelets. I have several of her pieces, and you're gonna wanna make sure that you check all of that out. So Welcome, Kim. I'm so excited to have you. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. And listen, I get the joy of getting to see you almost every single week because her family attends our church, River of yes. Life, right here in Virginia. But I yes. know for a lot of our listeners, this might be their first time to get to know you. So I know I shared a little bit about you, but tell us tell us more about you, your background, um, You know, kind of what's happening in your life right now.
1: Right now, well, I am recovering well from brain surgery, and I'm a mom, first and foremost. And it's been a tough year, I will say. There's been some seasons of I've lost two close people to me. And so my designing, my creating um, has been up and down. But my goal for the next year truly is to create more items to... to push God's ministry that he's given me out there and to be able to bless women. I love being being able to bless women with the beautiful designs. I create what I like is how it is. Mm -hmm. And if you don't like it, you don't like it, but I, I, (laughs) there's the New Yorker in me, but that's, that's my goal. My goal is to be able to, spend time with the Lord and creating and designing. It is just me that creates the pieces. Uh, mm. I have friends and family that are like, let us help you be, let us help you. I'm like, no, it's, I feel like that's, that's fraudulent. I need to be the one to string every bead because it truly mm. is a process that I do. And, and I am praying over each one. And God is talking
0: to me while I do that. So that's important to me. And you're going to mention that in a minute. I want to talk about your testimony, sure. but so you personally make every single piece that you, that you sell? Yes, I do. Wow. I do. And I personally drop
1: lots of beads on the floor for my family mm. to walk on. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrifying. Like, oh, here it is. I like, you have a, a, a shag carpet and it's like, Oh, there's like 50 beads here. Look at that. I can make uh, it on the carpet. So.
0: So Let's back up for a little bit before you even started creating these beautiful pieces that you make, because you did not design any jewelry, to my knowledge, prior to your brain surgery, correct?
1: Absolutely not.
0: No. In fact, I never even
1: considered it. I mean, I love jewelry and I saw these beads on a friend of mine and I was like, oh my goodness, they're so beautiful. And the price of the necklace was so expensive. I'm like, oh, I Mm can never pay that much for it. And so at occupational therapy, I was saying, you know, I love this necklace. How hard do you think it would be for me to even beat it? It seems impossible. I'd had a stroke during surgery. And so my left side is still kind of weak and my hand-eye coordination. It will never be what it was. And so she said, let's try. Next time we meet, I'm going to bring some beads and some thick string and let's try to string it. Hmm. And I did it for, I don't know, about 10 minutes. And I was like, forget this. There's no way. It was so frustrating. My vision isn't great because of the tumor. And she <laughs> tried every day, five, 10 minutes a morning, just try. And each time you'll see that you'll get, I guess, stronger in it. And so I told my husband and I'm like, you know, She wants me to do this at home. And he was like, go ahead, here you go. Buy all the beads, buy all the string, if it'll help you have a purpose. Because at this point, I was kind of floundering in my recovery. Mm. I didn't really know what God had for me. Before surgery, I was in this season of peace and mountaintop high. And after surgery, I didn't go how we had planned. I I was stuck. I would have to say I was really stuck and was suffering from depression and was kind of, I wouldn't say homebound, but yeah, I was couch bound for several months. And so I didn't know where God wanted to take me. And so my husband was like, if this will work, you spend all the money you want on it. Mm. So I went out and I bought some inventory, some beads, some string, things that I liked. I, I don't even think I completed a piece for at least six months.
0: Oh, and, wow.
1: I mean, it was hard. It was frustrating. And I would like, what is the point of this? This, this isn't good. A, what is the point? I don't understand. Until finally, my husband went back to work. Um, and I was home alone and I just picked it up and I just heard God talking to me, like, you can do this, you can do this. And then it was probably about six months after that that I just felt led by the Holy Spirit to write posts on social media and to to explain all that I'd gone through. If you don't, if you weren't, if you didn't know me personally, you wouldn't have known the deep struggles you kind of seen the outside of oh, she's a warrior, and oh, she had brain surgery, and mm-hmm. but they didn't know the internal struggles that was going on at home. And so I wanted to, I I was just feeling victorious and I was like, you know what, these are actually kind of cool. I really liked it. I took a picture, I put it on social media. And then, um, next thing you know, everyone's like, Oh, I want to buy one. They're so pretty. And the story, God's testimony, um, it just tugs at everyone's hearts because it is a shocking diagnosis. People think about how they would respond in that situation. And I think, Immediately, people like, I couldn't do that. couldn't do what you did. Where did you find the strength? Where did you find the peace?
0: And it was an opportunity to point them all to God because it's really how I got through. I love hearing all of that. And, and I want to just talk, let's, let's back up a bit and talk about your diagnosis. Can you share that with us and kind of how that transpired in your life? Absolutely. So for about a year prior to diagnosis, um,
1: I was working full time. And we were coming out of a really busy season, and so I was feeling that my eye was twitching and my vision was getting a little wonky. But I, oh, it's from exhaustion! Oh, I'm just tired! Oh, it's the building I work in, there's mold in here, that's why my nose yeah. bleeds every morning. That's why. Mm. And um, I went to the eye doctor, he didn't see anything, he said everything was fine. So finally, months later, I went to my uh my regular doctor and I was telling her and she was like, Kim, we really need to do an MRI. I'm like, okay, fine. So I went to go do the MRI and I almost walked out of there because it was like an $800 copay. And I called Nick and I'm like, I'm not paying this. There is nothing wrong. And and he's like, no, I don't care how much it costs. Just go ahead and get it done. So I did. And the next morning at 6am, the doctor called and she said, Kim, are you sitting down? Mm. I said, yes, and she said, "Okay, They're, they found something very serious. You know, there's there's a, a large mass that is compressing your carotid artery, which can cause a rupture at any moment, which obviously would be an aneurysm. And the tumor is compressing both of your optical nerves, and so your left optical nerve is is pretty much completely damaged, which is why I was having episodes of gray vision, mm. um, and it it has to come out." And I don't know where you need to go. I've been calling my colleagues all morning. You know, is your husband there? Can I talk to him? And he wasn't. He had just left for work not too not too long ago and and she kept saying, "Kim, are you there? And I'm like, "Yes, I'm here. Thank you so much for letting me know. Okay, bye now. She's like, Kim, no, no, we need we need we need for you to get to the hospital or or at least find a specialist to see on Monday. Mm-hmm. And so
0: why was that your initial response? I interrupt you. were you were you been in shock? <laughs> do you think? Were you just that's a that's a lot to process. I think a part of me was in
1: shock. I just it was, I just needed to to get off the phone to process. Okay. And I'm a people pleaser too at the time, so I'm like, okay, well, thank you so much. You know, I appreciate the call. You got time out of your busy day to call me on wow. your doctor. Um,
0: and, so and how old were you at this at this time? I was forty
1: one. Forty one. And fairly healthy. Never, I ha- didn't have any other major issues. I have thyroid condition, but I had that for years. So there was nothing else. It came out of nowhere. Well, of nowhere. I was blindsided. Say, yeah. Literally blindsided.
0: And I remember praying with you at the altar before you were gonna have surgery. And you mentioned that one of the I mean I can still I can still see that moment. It was you and your husband and Dale and me. You know uh-huh. what I mean? And it was a sweet moment. And I I just desperately wanted to like just take it from you having to go through it. You know, we do, we want to take this from people. And yet it's our, it's our journey and it's our test to walk through. And you've walked through it so beautifully and such an inspiration to so many. But I remember part of what we prayed for is there was a real danger. I think that you would lose your sight probably either way, but through the surgery, they were, that was a a great concern, correct? Yes. So I, I do
1: have very limited vision in my left eye still. I'm legally blind, technically, Um, and it is fuzzy, but because of the location of the tumor, which was in dead center, but was encroaching on my left temporal, my speech was hanging in the balance, my memory um, and my vision, they did not. My doctor was very honest and said, I I really don't believe that it's going to come back after surgery. Mm. We're just trying to save the right right now, and we're just truly trying to keep you alive towards the end right before surgery I was starting to have seizures daily my vertigo was insane I would just stand up and fall into the wall so it really it I was hopeful maybe we can just do radiation brain surgery sounds so barbaric like yeah. clearly there's another way they do this they they make they, right. they a little you no know, yeah full craniotomy and they really did have to uh Go through my skull.
0: And I saw something even recently that you even still have a small gap where maybe the skull is not completely closed. Is that I'm probably not using, I'm using layman's terms, but no, it, it's called a defect, really. That's so rude calling me a there's a defect in my
1: <laughs> skull. But it's a medical term. And it is in my in my left side, there's a soft spot, kind of like a baby's head, where there is there isn't a bone that has formed over. There's an implant, a mesh implant in my skull and bone. The hopes was that the bone would grow, but it hasn't, and it won't. Hmm. It's been a few years now. So,
0: What was the mesh implant for? Was that, was that just part of the treatment?
1: The mesh implant is because they had to remove a large portion of my skull. When they put it back in, I guess to form it, to attach it, I mean, they couldn't just like you know, chisel it back together. Yeah. So it yeah. holds, them, holds it in place. And there was a piece that um, did have to get cut off because it was decayed.
0: You had a stroke. So you woke up finding out, not only are you recovering from the surgery, you woke up to find out you've had a stroke. Who
1: yes. who told you this? How Walk us through that. I have no memory of that whatsoever. Wow. Because the, truly the, the dire situation after waking up was my body was not metabolizing any fluid. My pituitary gland kind of went nuts. And... I stopped being able to produce cortisol and I went to uh, through an adrenal insufficiency crisis and um, now I have diabetes insipidus, which is usually mm-hmm. a temporary complication after brain surgery. But unfortunately, because of the size of the tumor and the damage that it did, uh, it is permanent. Okay. So I, I, my body doesn't hold on to fluid pretty much. So I drink incessantly and... And depending upon how much output there is, my levels are off, my salt, my potassium. Mm. So it could be a life-threatening condition, but I would say about a year it took for for me to be able to balance it and know when to take the medicine, when not, because it's just a
0: tricky balance that I learned how to do. And when that's really a life, you know, some people have surgeries. I've had many, you know, we've talked about it. Some some surgeries, they, they correct the problem. You move on, it's over and done, you know? And then there's others like what you deal with, what I deal with to some extent where yeah. it's, it's a life change. It's kind of a new normal. And we don't want people feeling sorry for us. This you isn't know. a pity party, No, but it, there, it does need to be an awareness that sometimes what God asks of us is not just a one-time thing right it's kind of this unfolding which is where the biggest struggle
1: was i I felt this empowering i felt god with me up until surgery and and i think what we were putting all our eggs in was i do this we get it over with we move on leave it in the leave it in the shadow and that's not the case at all i i was not prepared that this would follow me forever Hmm. i wasn't prepared that I would have this sort of complication because I'm young, because I'm healthy. They, it was not even something that they prepared us for. So that I was about unhealthy. to ask you,
0: did they prepare you? No,
1: not at all. It, it, it came out of left field. Um, and truly because there was so much going on in ICU while we were there for a couple of weeks that my husband was trying to take in all the information as possible, but to understand the severity of it and to know, he didn't know until we got home really just how dangerous it could be
0: if, if my levels were off. So has that been your biggest adjustment dealing with the f- the fluid intake? I know you mentioned even like levels of noise. I'm sure there are just a number of different things that can affect you on a given day.
1: Yes, I'd say my my sensory over the the time it has gotten better. But I remember the first year, like I used to love to go shopping. Even going into a mall, uh, I could last maybe ten minutes, and it was mm. just too much. My brain is not able able to filter and so I would hear sounds and movement and I would feel dizzy and overwhelmed and anxious and and I, I would have to get out of there. But mm. I would say the hardest part was besides the diabetes insipidus, was going back at my three month follow-up and having another MRI and having my brain surgeon come into the room and, and he was so serious and usually he's very charming and personable and he sat down and said, I'm concerned. There, there's mm-hmm. an there's another there's another mass and that came out of left field this we had three this is three months three months i mean i'm still like there's yeah, still, you're still healing oh. open in my skull and i my nick and i were like this can't be this cannot be that we hadn't even considered recurrence usually isn't for years if there's going to be a recurrence and this this tumor was big at 3 months already and it was not there prior
0: so it wasn't like they left a piece this is an entirely new
1: yes yes Ugh. it was in the surgical cavity but it's an entirely new tumor and the rate at which it was growing was was terrifying and and to see this world renowned brain surgeon this genius of a man to see the look of concern on his face and almost heart and Kept saying, this can't be that it has to be scar tissue. There's no way this could be a tumor this fast. It can't be. And then telling us, go get some lunch. I need to have a meeting with some of my colleagues. We're going to have a team meeting and, and come back in two hours. And we just were pushed down to the Johns Hopkins cafeteria and we're just in a daze like this yeah. can't be happening. This can't be happening. I sat down eating my bagel and I'm like, I I can't do this again. I cannot have brain surgery again. Can do it. I cannot believe that God is is possibly asking me to do this again. And then all of a sudden, we went walking around the hospital and we came upon this this beautiful statue of Jesus and like we both looked started crying, sat mm-hmm. down and we're like he's in it. He's in it right here with us. There's nothing that he's asking us to do that he has not already been through on the other side we've got this and just this peace just flooded us mm. at the same time and so we there was a little book there and we wrote our prayer and how much we love the lord and how he's with everybody and we went back into that meeting and came up with a treatment plan of what's going to happen when we left and we felt confident we really did we felt the peace of the lord over us did that treatment plan include another surgery Yes. So I had to have scans every four weeks thereafter. So we mm. would in to track the, the growth. And for the first six months, it was growing. And if it had gotten to three centimeters, was when, okay, we can't, that has to come out. And it stopped growing at that, that six month mark. Mm. Mm. And it hasn't grown since. Thank you, Jesus. I know. I mean, truly, like, Lord, I can't do this again. I just can't. Right, not right now. Yeah. Ask me ask me in five years. <laughs> give me a
0: give me a minute. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm back in a little bit. Um, oh. and so ever since now I'm at you for four weeks, and every six weeks for scans, and every four months, and now I'm at every six months. And so I mm. just had my last scan about two weeks ago
0: and it's stable. Okay. So so they won't me. they won't do anything, they won't reoperate on And as long as it stays stable.
1: They yes. I mean, if I said take it out. Okay. Take it out right now. Okay. Our our choice and what I really feel from the Lord is that it's it's stable right now. There's no need to go in and mess with anything.
0: And it's Again, not it's not doing the same thing. It's not no. compressing on anything. Okay.
1: It's near the optical nerve, but it's not compressing. It's okay. near the the major artery, but it's not strangling it. So I'm I'm fine right now. Do you have a name for it
0: or do you just pretend no, we, it's not
1: there? My girl's named the other one, Tommy, the tumor.
0: It's not that Tommy, tumor. the tumor. So
1: yes, Tommy, you know, the Tumor.
0: I, well, I talk to different people. They either don't want, you know, they don't want to think about it and that's fine. I think there's no wrong or right approach to dealing with a situation yes. and some just embrace it. I mean, you chose, you don't have a choice, but to embrace it. It's just yes. how you're choosing to walk through it. So you mentioned seeing the statue and what kind of a miracle moment that was. Mm -hmm. Can you share like some other ways or one in particular where you've really seen God doing the miraculous, even in the the middle of a mess? And it might be the beginning of of Beaded Miracles, but I'd love to just know a couple moments that have stood out to you along the way. There was a moment that just happened about
1: hmm, two weeks ago after church. We went out to a restaurant and a woman walks in and I'm like, she's wearing my necklace. (laughs) She has it on. Oh, it was amazing and so I'm like staring at her just to make sure I didn't know who she was. Someone must have bought it for her for a gift. And I'm staring and I'm staring and then finally at the end we're walking out and I had to stop her. I was like, "You I like your necklace. I made that." And she just broke down in tears and said, "I was just telling someone this morning at church would ask me about my necklace about the story that your story, your testimony. And it gave them such peace for the trial that they're currently walking through." Mm. And, and Nick looks at me and we're like, even now, what he's still using every single day. Um, So that was, and my kids were there to witness
0: that. And she hugged me and her family was there. But the idea is if I'm going to go through this, then I want there to be purpose from it. I want God to use it for his glory. And I mean, I, I hear that come through everything that you're saying, whether it's, you know, praying over the beads and praying over these pieces or, or just the, That feeling of seeing someone else wearing a piece that represents all of this pain and seeing the purpose that he has transformed this pain into. And if you could sit across from someone going through something similar, now that you're a few years, Mm. even though it's a very new normal for you, it's not like everything has just gone back the way it was before. What would you say to someone who's either walking through something similar or a, a trial of their own kind from what you've learned? Don't hide from
1: it. Don't don't try to push it to the side. I know I, I I've seen it, and then I've attempted to do it myself. Just push it out of the corner of my eye. I'm like you know what, I'm not going to deal with that today. And if I've learned anything over the years, it's to lead with our brokenness. That's the, what's mm. what we share. Our common theme with anybody, as a stranger, a friend, is our. brokenness and if I can be transparent and show the hardships and the trial and the really really hard moments and be completely honest and transparent about how I feel about God in that moment or how God is working or if I feel distant or if I feel close I feel like that is the testimony that is healing for others to heal like okay you don't have it all together like you love God in the midst of this trial but you still don't understand I haven't pretended to have it all together. I haven't pretended that there haven't been moments when I've been like, "Really, God? Like this too? This too?" Yeah. This too? yeah. Um, but then I also feel that reassurance from the Holy Spirit of, "You can do this. Yes, yes, you too, and you'll see why. You'll see mm-hmm. why." And when I see my necklaces, or I I have messages from women that are share their story just because of my pictures and because of our the I wouldn't say the shockiness of my skull and the deficits that I have and the dent in my head, it, it helps people break down their barriers and they share with me their trials mm. and how God has worked through them. And and they've asked to for me to come speak at their Bible studies or would you mind donating a piece for this woman that's going through a hard time. And so I've been privileged to be able to just have a glimpse into other people's stories and other people's lives. And it's it's just amazing how God pulls it all together. And so I think back of those, those long months of laying on the couch and watching my life kind of go in front of me, watching my kids Mm. continue on and I'm stuck on the couch, watching my husband kind of take over my roles and I'm stuck, you know, and I felt stuck and saying, God, I, I know this is not what you have for me. I know that there is more and there was a refining process. There was a humility, and so those moments I don't forget on purpose. And I take that with me always. Pain, there, there has to be a purpose in pain, right? Why? Why? Yeah. yeah. Why, why? Pain is there for a reason. Pain is there to, to teach us, to, for us to acknowledge that something is wrong. And I grew up an athlete. I very much, have, I've had other surgeries before and there was a you know, streak of pride in me that I can do mm. this. I can get through this surgery. Yes. God's with me. Yes. But I'm strong. Thank goodness it was me and not anybody else in my family. Cause I know I can do this. Sure. And when you're recovering and it's your brain, you can't will your brain to get better. Mm. You, you can't, it's not like it's an arm or it's my foot or my toes where I've had surgery. Like there isn't there's, I had to wait on the Lord for everything.
0: I want to talk about, you mentioned a couple of times and I can just, um, I can imagine, uh, you know, having gone through a, a really life-threatening, s- serious illness and then surgery, I I don't have to imagine what it's like watching kids walk out the door with your husband and you can't do anything. And it's just, it's this whole layer mm. of going through something like a, a life-altering illness that if you haven't been through it, it's a, it's a different emotional yeah. struggle that comes along for the ride when you yeah. didn't want it to come along for the ride. Right. So you it can definitely make you feel feelings of discouragement. You feel like a failure. I remember thinking in moments like, but God, why bother saving yes. me if I can't even, I can't make it through three hours without right. throwing up. I can't eat. I can't take care of my children. It's just, and the enemy loves to prey on those vulnerable yes. moments and make you feel so like a waste, Yeah. you know, and I think that's part of that stuck place you mentioned, being stuck. And mm-hmm. you know, I I still find so many beautiful women and men that I've talked to. They have gotten stuck in situations: a divorce, a financial yes. disaster, a, a prodigal child, a, a a health crisis like us, whatever it might be. And and they they just can't quite get themselves unstuck. So I want. I want you to talk about how you feel like you got unstuck from that place. And it sounds like the beaded miracles was part of moving you out of the pain lane and into how is this going to be purpose? But for someone listening, going, well, that's great for you, but how do I get unstuck? You know what I mean? What would your counsel to them be? Or what was your process to get unstuck? Take my eyes off of myself. (laughs) Move yourself out of the way. I was so
1: focused on all that was going wrong and all the sighs and groans of God that I forgot all the reasons that I all, I still had to smile, mm. to keep going forward. So I think a lot of it was I needed, not that it was a, a self pity, but it was like, okay, Lord, this is it. This is how it is. My eyes have to be focused on you and I'm a doer. I'm not a sitter. So you have me sitting here for a reason. Let me Draw closer to you and find out what it is. And now let me do something about this. What can I do? I can't Mm. just sit here and not have this mean anything. Not that it would be in vain, but I have to keep going forward. And so I would tell others that are stuck, they're stuck, and it's a choice. You always have a choice to choose to praise God and to keep moving forward and to find a way to show his glory in it. Or you might as well just give up, truly. I mean, Mm. what's the
0: point of keep going? You know, I interviewed interviewed Tiffany Johnson really early in this podcast. I think she's episode two. And she said almost verbatim, you know, another blindsided situation. She's on vacation with her husband. She's Mm -hmm. swimming in the Bahamas. She's living her best life. She gets attacked by a shark, loses her right arm, dominant arm, complete life altering, new normal, everything that we're talking about. But she said, the bottom line is it's a choice. Like yes. you have to, and even when we don't even feel like we have the strength to will ourselves, like mm-hmm. you said, do it just to, to get out a sigh. You know, there's a psalm yes. that says he considers my sighing, which is just like, yes. I don't even have the words in this moment or we're angry or we're confused, but to say, Jesus, I know you, you can help me get on the other side of this thing. Mm-hmm. What is the purpose going to be? you know, and for you, it was someone, I guess, coming to you saying, what about these beads? Or you had yes. seen the necklace, right? You had seen I just it. thought it was
1: pretty. And I, I was talking to my OT about it. And I, she, I'm sure it obviously was the intervention of the Holy Spirit. And she was a believer and let's do that then. Come on. I see the spark in your eye. You think it's pretty. You like mm. fashion. Like let's do it. They're, they're beautiful. They're, diff- they're different sizes. She said, "There's." So there's more into it than just stringing beads
0: you can try to grab the beads you can
1: try to move them across so it was a process that we went through
0: but what I love like I love everything about the beaded miracles because it's it's the it's the frustration mm-hmm. you know there's some of us could say you know I didn't choose this I don't want to have to right. pick up and move my life because I can no longer afford my house because my husband walked right. out of me we get so mm-hmm. angry that we don't want to invite the miracle in. That's kind of what I'm sensing as you're saying it. Like you had that choice, like these beads are frustrating. This is a miracle. This is a way God is going to use it, but you still had to allow that and not just resist it out of frustration of, I shouldn't have to be doing this, God. You know what I mean? Like, I think we can get stuck even in that place. Well, that's just a bitter heart then too. I mean, if Um, if you're going to
1: stay there in bitterness, then- You'll never find any purpose. You'll never see any of the miracles. You know, people would ask me, "What miracles have you seen in the middle?" Is how how have you seen them? And because I chose to, because I looked mm. for the miracles. Sometimes I think when you're bitter and you're angry with God and you're disappointed and you're just, you want to keep God over here because you're mad at him. You're missing all the miracles that happens that that happen on a daily basis. I mean, truly, there are thousands of miracles that happen all the time. And I chose on purpose to look for them. And every Mm -hmm. day I would write down what it was. What did I see today? Even if something as simple as a message somebody sent me or my daughter mentioned something to me about, "Well, mom, you did this or I asked God or I didn't didn't worry much because you told me that God had control over it. So why would I have to believe anything different? That was huge to me. Not even realizing my husband and I that, yes, there were times in the house where we had grief and we had joy. Those emotions can be together and joy is supernatural. And but they were calm and they had peace. And Ali, did you worry? No, why would I worry mm-hmm. <laughs> out of the mouth of an 11 year old? Should I have worried? No, yeah, you said that everything was going to be fine, that God had it. Wow, so God had it right, mommy. Yes, God did have it <laughs> yes. out of the mouth of
0: babes. So. I love that. I love that. And I I'm, I'm also love, you just said you wrote down daily at one point. Had to. Had and to. I, I
1: had, and my handwriting was atrocious because I could barely write, but oh. I had to, because there are moments when, I mean, to have to have your husband sit outside the shower to make sure you don't collapse. I mean, I'm sure you, these, yeah. this, just these moments of feeling like such a burden, feeling like, what is the point, God? And this has got to be so much on him. And I, the things I could do for myself, and I'm so independent normally and i'm 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 a go getter and I'm a doer and, and sometimes I would just sit in the shower and I had no words to pray, it would just be Jesus, Jesus, mm. and get out of the shower and be exhausted and lay on the couch and watch my life in front of me and just say, "Jesus, use me, just use this, please use this, mm. please make this something out of this because if not that's heartbreaking, there has to be
0: more. And there was, and there is. There always is. There always is. And you and I are both kind of these strong independent women. But then God is like, yeah, you know, oh. it says, He makes me <laughs> lie down. You know what yes. it means? Like he makes lie literally, down. Literally but, made me lie down. He, because he does like I um I want to share quickly before we kind of wrap up in a moment, but at the launch of Fearless, which is my second Bible study, um, Kim was there and I wore your bracelets, a set of bracelets that I absolutely love. I wear them a lot maybe more than I should, but I love them no. I, I love them, and I commented that when I was a little girl, I wanted to be Wonder Woman, you know, and how she would wield those gold cuff bracelets and take to the sky, but the real Wonder Woman stands in wonder of who God is to yes. be the woman that he's called us to be and so I wore your bracelets that night and I talked about that that I don't you know we don't need pretend gold cuffs you know we no. see these strong women or we think but strength is like Resilience, you Mm -hmm. know, strength is dependency, even though we don't necessarily think of it, or society culture doesn't want to tell us as women that strength can actually come through dependence on the Lord. It's be independent Mm -hmm. of the Lord and or be independent, period. Even to allow our husbands to kind of take care of us in those moments and to just stay in a place of dependency. What I hear from you is I don't want to forget the wonder of who God is and what He has done in my life. Right? I remember
1: being wheeled into the operating room, and it was at a teaching hospital, and there were just tiers, stadium seating almost for students to sit, and, and um, teams of doctors, anesthesiologists, plastic surgeons, brain surgery, neurology, all around, and it, it was almost overwhelming, the size of a, half of a football field, and. It was just me and thinking, I remember thinking, I wish Nick could come in here with me. Mm. But the Lord was like, no, it's just me and you. It's just me and you. And I'm laying there and I was awake for some reason. I don't know why they didn't just put me out before I got in there. (laughs) Like, should I be seeing all of this? Uh, And across the room, there's a woman with blue eyes, a nurse, or she could have been a physician. And she had on uh, the hat and the the cover. And she came right to me and she held my hand and she just knew and she saw my tattoo on my hand that says his beloved. And she asked me "Do you have children and I, yes, that's all I wanted. I couldn't go into it anymore. And she Mm. took my hand and she prayed for me and I'll never forget that. And her prayer was, Lord, let her stay resilient, her resilience, her dependency, let her put it all on you, God. And I remember Mm. thinking, this is you, Lord, if this is your time to call me back, Okay. And I felt, I felt peace. If my fear was losing my memory, losing memory of my children, um, Lord, it's all in your hands. It's all in your hands. And I've never been more dependent on him, more, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing my husband can help me with, my job, my accomplishments, Mm. my children, and there's nothing in that moment. It was just me and God. And I will never, ever forget that moment ever. I shouldn't, I can't. Um, and I take that with me every single day, especially when I'm creating necklaces, especially when I'm frustrated that I drop them. (laughs) Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. I lost the beat. Oh, well, now I got to start over again because I'm
0: one too shy. Oh, but they're beautiful. And it's a beautiful, like just a tangible visual. And I love that. You know, every piece is a tangible visual of whatever the enemy tried to use for evil, God is using for good. That, a tangible
1: miracle. I mean, it really is. The yeah. fact that I'm even able to hold them. To through. do it. And I, I mean, it, it's it's hard. It really is hard work. And and I didn't give up. I didn't mm. give up when I could have just pushed them away. I didn't give up.
0: Hmm. Well, you've shared so many amazing just nuggets of insight. And and I'm I'm so grateful that more people are going to be introduced to you. And I'm going to make sure we share the show, you know, everything in the show links. Is there anything else that's coming up in your life you want them to know about? Or the main thing right now is connect with you, look at your pieces, share the message of what God is doing.
1: Yes. um, They can find me on Instagram. What am I coming up for me? I'm going to Mexico. That's what's coming up. Yay. Um, Yes. My husband and I, every year we take a trip there now, ever since surgery, he earns it with his job. And that was a goal of ours, like, okay, at the end of the tunnel, I can see we're going to go to Mexico. So we'll be there. And I, my plan is to get some beads there. Um, Ooh. I love their turquoise and um, hopefully be creating some beautiful pieces to come.
0: And I love that you're like, you intentionally find moments to celebrate. I think that we not only don't forget where God has brought us from, but you know, there's a, that passage in the old Testament about the Israelites setting up those stones in memorial yes. to remember. And I feel like, it's not only looking back and being grateful, but it's looking forward and, and intentionally celebrating yes. where you've come and where you've come from and where you're still going to continue to go. Exactly. I also love how your girls have looked to you and now they don't even question no. trusting God. Like it's their norm, you know? It is, and It is at, their DNA now, which I think is amazing. And I don't know that that would have happened, right? I, I mean, it probably so. would have happened to some extent, but maybe not as quickly and not as intensely as it was almost forced to happen because of what happened in your life. Exactly. In the
1: beginning, I mean, they were young. So saying a brain tumor to them didn't have the same shocking reality as it would somebody else.
0: So telling mm. them that,
1: they didn't understand the magnitude of what that uh, was. That's true. But over time, and when people approached them from school and and- Especially with the jewelry, and I mean, my husband kind of documented the story on his Facebook account, and so we have strangers that come up to us all the time to say, "I was praying for you. Are you the one mm. you had brain? I was praying for you." And so they see that, and they realize how big it was. Wow, this was, this is so is kind of mm. a big deal. Brain surgery is kind of a big deal. <laughs> yeah, sort of, sort of maybe. Mm. Um, and so they see that, like, wow, during all of it, like, mommy and daddy. Sure, there were moments where we may have lost it and we each took our turn to kind of grieve for a moment, but there was never a question to God, really. There was no blame. It was, okay, we can do this as a family. We can do this. Mm. And, and and I will say another miracle was they became closer to Nick in ways and moments that they wouldn't have had I not been mm. touch bound. Their relationship forged in such a beautiful way because I was out of the picture for a little bit. Oh, wow. And, and so their relationship will be forever changed in that manner. You know, sometimes you're kind of, it is a situation that was forced and had it, had I not stepped away,
0: it wouldn't have been, happened.
1: he wouldn't have made their lunches. He wouldn't have taken them to all their friends. He wouldn't mm-hmm. have gotten to know them in that personal, intimate, you know, girly way. Had I not
0: had, had to. Which is another down. blessing yes. in disguise that we really wouldn't is. Have, Yeah. You wouldn't have set out. And, but again, back to the beads, you had to be okay allowing that and not resisting it, but inviting that in, you know what I mean? And not resenting that. But actually looking at it as this is, I'm going to choose to look at this not as something Mm -hmm. to be resentful of, but something to celebrate that this is a gift that actually came as a result of this. Exactly. Well, I'm just you know, I love you. So now I'm just glad <laughs> more of my listeners I get love to you hear too. you too. You've been such an inspiration in my life. And oh, I just want to you ask you. if oh, thank you, honey. If you would just close our time together by praying for our listeners. We don't know what all they might be going through, but I'm just believing that, that so many things in your story will resonate yeah. in, in their life today. Thank you. I'd be honored to pray.
1: Oh, Lord. Thank you. Ugh. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for Angela, Lord. Thank you for her heart, for her obedience, Lord. Thank you for, thank you for never leaving my side, Lord. Thank you for never leaving Angela's side. And for those that are listening, Lord, I still am wowed every day by your goodness and your provision. I pray for all the amazing people that are listening. I don't know their names, but you know us. You know each of us by name and you see our joy and you also see our sorrow, God. And I pray that Each of us desire to live life to the fullest. You came to that we can walk in total freedom, Lord, and let us not ever take that for granted. Help us to focus on what is right instead of all that is going wrong. May your joy and your strength and your peace, let it fill our hearts always, God. Help us to remember that any burdens we face, that they're meant to rest on your shoulders, Lord, not ours. We don't have to carry that, God. I pray for anybody listening that feels distant and far from you, Lord. Draw them in closer. Through all the highs and lows, God, let us remember all your promises, the promises to sustain us, that you will sustain us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much for all that you do. And it's in your son, Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.
0: Thank you so much for joining our conversation. I'd love to stay connected. So be sure to visit AngelaDenadio.com for my books, blogs, and free goodies. And find me on Facebook at BOV and Instagram at AngelaDenadio. If you've been inspired to make life matter, leave a review and subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Until next week, let's keep discovering miracles in life's messy moments.